Oh yeah, Red Letter Media. Ghost, oh, that was so good. I didn't watch it. Um, yeah, I'm only halfway. I, 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 it's funny. Hey, I have other YouTube shit to watch. Mari <laughs> info, that dude. No. I watch all. 1989. You gotta watch his shit. I watch all the uploaded BBC content because I'm too, too dull to just download it or torrent it myself. Like all those documentaries about random wars that no one's ever heard of. Oh wait, no, I've seen that guy. He did one of who did like a, a K ration from like. Uh, I don't know what even a K ration is. It's like the lowest. Content. It's like shit's gone to hell if you're on your K rat. It's like the standards, like crackers, protein powder. Dude, this guy's really cool. You should watch <laughs> Clark. Clark watches uh, Louis. Not Louis World. Um, Joey's World Joey's Tour. Joey's World, yeah. So. Yeah. Joe's World Tour. I think. Were you Air thinking of Bobby's World? Yeah. Cartoon. The other, the other yeah, World team. The guy, the guy, the, <laughs> the kid who wears the three-piece suit and like yeah. flicks his hair back. Oh, I, no, I can't we, watch that. We like Review of the Week Kid because he does not give tens. <laughs> yeah. He is the harshest critic since Gordon Ramsay. He does not give a ten ever. So, you know it's serious when he gives the nine point nine. Oh yeah. You know it's serious. I, I could have swore the, when he started watching him that he was like wearing his dad's suits, but like apparently he shops at Goodwill. Buy a mystery solved. Yeah, they're Goodwill suits. Oh, really? Yeah, eight okay. bucks. But it's so funny going back and watching his it's, old uh, shit. He looks like he's exactly eight years like old wearing like a 40, man, a 40 year old man's suit. I was going to say, he still it does. actually looks really high quality. In many ways. Yeah. You know, I mean, he looks more like Amazon he's. Amazon Basics. I mean, the crazy has thing very is, like, poor taste, but the pen like, I carry around on a daily basis is more expensive. It's into the than suit the a little more, other than like <laughs> the padded shoulders going out to here. And, and it's like, nice. I mean, sagging down. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. look like a kid playing dress up anymore. You're well, right. I'm a pen right. snob. Probably he right just looks like a. Anyway. Yeah. All right, homos, mic up. All right. I am mic'd up, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's a little. Ooh. That's low. As a side pickup, that. Oh, okay. That's perfect, actually. Um, great. Justin, what episode is it? This is Justin's job, usually, Matt. <laughs> 89. Um, you're in the right tens, but no, 82. it's 80, It's 81. 80, okay. Episode 81. Um, okay, so usually we start with news, so I want to talk about the Star Wars stuff that was the pictures and shit that came out of The, the Last Jedi. You guys have all seen that, I assume. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Grant's shaking his head now. So why don't you explain it to me and all the other ignorant people out there in Pakistan? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that other thing. <laughs> Our audience is in Pakistan, Matt. Don't be a racist. I, I'm just... They're busy making, like... They've got IEDs yeah. to make, and we help pass the time. Okay? I know. So, yeah, I, I was know. being a little bit nicer, saying they actually made, you know, clothing and Poppies. And stuff. And opium oh, clothing. Stuff. Okay, anyway. Well, um... Yeah, it looks like the Star Wars movie is going to be another mess of, hey, remember this, and it's a CGI creature. I think we're inches away from the CGI camel farting in Jar Jar Binks' face. Oh, yeah, yeah, you showed me that thing. Yeah. The little ham taro guy? Yeah. Okay. Chewy oh, the, is the thing's friend. based on puffins? But apparently in the comics, he eats one of them, so I don't know how they're his friend in the movie. Yeah, you guys forgot already that I'm like, a huge Star Wars nerd. Uh, Chewie like devours them and like 
in one of like the stills from one of the upcoming comic series there's a scene with like him having the feathers in his mouth oh so it's one of those characters that you have to have read all yeah, the expanded say that universe the look was not about star wars we, about. we like star wars yeah. but the look was about like it's the tie-in comic you need to understand <laughs> the movie to access the in-game app purchases right. to get you the need, virtual reality you need experience. to read the series of books to understand what happens in the 30-year gap. are you playing the right. ar game on your iphone for star wars I, I love how we're shitty on Star Wars. And, yeah, yeah, I'll shit on Star Wars. Wars. Hey, God. you know what? I'll shit on Disney Star Wars all day. Fuck them. Fuck them hard. Rogue One, waste of time. The Force Awakens, waste shitty remake. Rogue waste One was time. good. I like Rogue One. The best part of Rogue One is that they killed everybody because they didn't I mean, care about any of them. Yeah. Do you remember their names? What was the guy's, the guy's name who was the male Casio? lead? Okay. Cassian Andor. Yeah, was that? I do remember him. I don't Cassian remember. Andor, also yeah. known as Cassio, Juan, Juan Solo. Solo. I was like, the girl's name was like Jin, I think, but it was spelled with like a Jin Q or Urso. something like J-Y-N-N. Jin yeah. Urso and okay. Han Sombrero. I can't Main remember. Main characters of Rogu One. They're so yeah. forgettable. I can't remember anybody else's name who wasn't really? an existing character. Not already. even K2SO, the wisecracking British uh, assassination Or writer? Director Krennic. What was okay. the Asian oh, dude's yeah. name? K2SO? No, that's the robot. Uh, the a- Asian guy's name was Director Asian Krennic. Uh, well, shit, you got me there. I mean, he was a Guardian of the Wills. I remember Again, that subplot. Like, you compare, okay, I mean, I know we're talking about Rogue One, but you compare the characters from, you know, original Star Wars to that. It's like, okay, what the fuck are these characters? Like, they just are so. See, you, see, you guys, you guys are fighting. You guys are fighting Disney's affection, quote unquote. I'm just accepting it because they own us. They own it now. So, like... The fuck they do. <laughs> Disney, like, Disney can't own what's inside my head, which is the original Star Wars done by adults. This is watered-down shit to appeal to retards who like to buy plastic stuff to put on their desk. Great economic move. Shitty films. But George Lucas shat on his <laughs> own project, too. At least this is... We're getting something of... Yeah, I said the originals made by adults, like <laughs> Kirshner, who said, No, George, that's a stupid idea. The Tauntauns will arguing, not yeah, speak. No, those are though <laughs> the originals are still. I mean, I still have my VHS copies, like you know. But it's commercial I liked, diarrhea. I liked, it's trash. I liked, yeah, I mean, some of it is. I mean, the the new cartoon series is a waste of time. But but I'm saying like it, <laughs> it, it's gotten progressively worse because the original Star Wars, like the Ewoks, were arguably the only thing that was in there to be like cute and retarded. But now it's like. Episode one, two, and three went a little insane there, and now Chewie has a little friend who's got big eyes. He's hey, a plush. Don't forget the uh, weird little anteater nuns that live on Luke's island that protect the original Jedi temple. Yeah, because <laughs> the Jedi would have one temple. Because that's anyway. No, no, it's not one temple. It's what it's you the first. Really temple. move on to the news about <laughs> the stills that came out. Yeah, it's it just looks like shit. Oh, it's fucking stupid. There's more CGI crap, more dumb fucking aliens to make toys out of. And uh, the Supreme Leader Snoke, who I guess is just going to be the Emperor Reborn or Anakin or something stupid and unimaginative like that. He has his royal guards also wear red, but they wear the red that I sent you guys in that thing, like Commander Riker's uh, Mortal Kombat outfit from Star Trek. It just looks horrible. So basically what you're saying is... You'll be invest first in, in Disney, line. but don't see the movie. Hmm? You were saying invest in Disney, but don't see the movie. I'm saying if you own Disney stock, you're going to be very happy when it makes the $15 billion off of people just lapping it up. But yeah. So what actually got released? 
just more stills, still shots from Marketing. production and from the PR. So just we know what his royal guards look like. Royal and guards. We know the, we know the hamster guy looks like. Chewie's got a hamster friend. There are royal guards. There are more CGI pieces of shit that guard Luke's island. He's on. Luke has a beard, and Ray has a staff. This is what we know. Well, okay. Ray had the staff in Force Awakens, but I, I see I see your point. But Luke had a beard in Force Awakens too. I'm just saying we we know some certain <laughs> things are constant in this universe. Luke's beard and Ray's staff. So yay, Star Wars. I mean, yeah, but it's Ryan Johnson. I mean, the guy's produced nothing but well, well, he did do Shooter, but um, his other stuff, Brick, was really great back in the day. So you don't produce anything without Disney's permission. That's true. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not ignoring the fact that Disney is the, the overlord in this. I think scenario. Gareth Edwards learned that lesson for us, and his eighty percent of his movie was reshot on Disney's orders. Again, not arguing with that. That's fact. <laughs> this is fucking disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> at least they don't hide it like uh, other uh, Harvey uh, Weinstein when he cuts films. He tries to cover it up, but it was editing. Whereas Disney's like, no, we didn't like it. Here you go. Here's what we're going to feed you today. Slop. <laughs> the slop was too good. <clears throat> need to water it down. Whatever. May a great fire consume the lot they're shooting on so they have to do things originally. Anyway, let's talk about Roland Emmerich because <laughs> he makes movies with lots of explosions, but they're also high concept and entertaining. Yes. A.K.A. Stargate from 1994. <laughs> That was such a great intro. Uh, yeah, so we guys want to get started with this. Justin, explain the concept of Stargate. I, I really have <laughs> zero like insight into anything Stargate <clears throat> outside of maybe it was on the podcast last week. I don't remember if it actually made it in of playing a mod of Gary's mod where there were Stargate <laughs> assets in there where you could like go through Stargates and teleportation rings. And but, you could ruin, like, 13-year-old kids' days? Yes. Okay. That was the best part. Yeah, that was the best part. But the actual lore, which I got from this movie, and you guys can correct me where I stumble, I guess, <laughs> there's, like, this whole Stargate system that, like, these really powerful, this really powerful race of Egyptian-looking dudes, like, used to, like, get slaves from different parts of the universe and, like, fast travel everywhere. In the series, yes. In the movie, you would be wrong. No. In the series, what? That's the big difference between the movie and the series is that in the movie, they're pretty explicit that the Stargate goes from Earth to somewhere else. And then the first episode of the series, they're like, oh, no, it goes all these other places. Well, I... But in the movie, it's still within... It's not like a... Par- it's a uh, parallel timeline. I kind of... Got that it was that in the movie without them explicitly saying there was more than two because it's like, okay, well, there's definitely going to be one on like the pyramid ship of the evil alien dudes to like go to the different planets to steal their slaves. Right. But I guess they aren't. The question I was left with was, are they in control of the Stargate system or is it just something they utilize? See, it's not explained really in the movie. Okay. It's kind of just like evil aliens and slave people. And do you, stuff. In the movie, you're led to think that the evil guy, Rob, built the Stargates because <clears throat> like, he buried his Stargate. See, but in the, in the series, 
they're just using them and somebody else built them. Okay. I didn't get that he built them explicitly. It was like, okay, well, maybe he could have, but it wasn't really set out right. Anyway, so long, long time ago, there was a Stargate on Earth. Ra took a body of a kid since his body was dying and then took a bunch of people to like some desert planet to go mine for him. And then Quartz. Mine quartz of all things. Quartz? Was yeah. that what it was? It was quartz. Okay. I thought it was some alien element. I didn't even realize what it was. <laughs> it's a big letdown when you actually realize that's what they say in the movie. Okay. Um, and then people on Earth get angry and like tear down the Stargate. And then so Ra can't take any more slaves from Earth. And then a couple thousand years later, people find the Stargate again. Some nerd <clears throat> figures out how to dial into the slave planet, and we send a couple military dudes and the nerd there, and hijinks ensue. Good summary. And there was that guy from Third Off from the Sun. French Stewart's first featured role. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Also, a fun fact that you know this is the first movie to have its own website. It wasn't Space Jam. No, Space Jam is still operational, but uh, no, Stargate was the first one to have its own independent. The Space Jam sequel with LeBron James. Is it LeBron or is it Kobe? I don't remember. Kobe James. I don't know, honestly. I'm. I mean, I thought there was a sequel, but now I don't know anymore. I think the sequels with LeBron. Okay, is it actually out? No. Oh, okay. Well then, fuck this. <laughs> don't worry, we're gonna review Space Jam before the sequel, Justin. It's. Awesome. Got aliens in it, so we can we can fit it in. Okay, it's technically sci-fi. Anyway, so yeah. there's this this uh, the Stargate gets dug up in Egypt by people in what the 30s or the 20s or something. And 1928. Some, some spoiled little bitch gets a trinket and goes home with it, and then she steals it. That's the thing. I'm sorry, sorry. Okay, just like I, I really every like other thing that they were doing in <laughs> Egypt at the time. No, like, no, 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 no big deal. No, no, but she says to Daniel, she says, "I found this along the Stargate." No, no, you found it on a table. And you took it, like. <laughs> but it's okay because her dad was running the whole expedition and paying for it. So. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not glossing yeah. over the, the. It was his property, yeah, so yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, white people, that's what we do. That's so. what we did for a long time, and then we ran out of stuff to steal, so we sort of started saying, "No, sorry." No. So yeah. we took all your stuff and you know became you know a powerful <laughs> culture over yours. Oh, we oppressed you for so long. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. We're still on top. Anyway, back to the movie. Yes, which only had like little bits of that. Little bits of what? The like cultural appropriation type stuff, but eh. whatever. If you want to get into a tangent on DNA tests on mummies, we could. But the point is that that the little girl takes it home and is like, "This is my trinket," and then that leads to ultimately her being. Caps it. Well, Justin, why don't you, since you did such a good job, walk us through the next part of the plot. How does the nerd become involved with this? How does the team get assembled? Uh, so the nerd was giving some, like, you know, it was ancient aliens, like, with the crazy hair type talk, and, like, got laughed at by all these people while he was giving the talk. And what's his theory, Justin? Well, his theory was that, you know, people didn't build the pyramids, that it was something else. And he the didn't say what something else was. The pyramids were I don't know. landing platforms for alien spaceships. He doesn't oh. say that in the movie, though. I know, but that's what the theory he is. He only just speculates that 
somebody else built them because they're way older than yeah. the writing system. So then the old lady who stole the trinket years and years ago, somehow he's still involved with this. I don't know how or why, but <clears throat> saw the talk and said, hey, kid, let's go. I'm going to have you go look at these, you know, hieroglyphic looking thingies. And you're going to decode what you don't know is a Stargate yet. And he goes and figures out the symbols to dial to the Stargate to go to the slave planet through his own, you know, montage sequence. Thanks to the security guards newspaper. Yes. Thanks to the the horoscopes. The horoscopes? Horoscopes. It was, hold on. So we're going to go back and talk about these scenes too, right? Because like, I mean, just is kind of glossing over so many like things that like, I'm sitting over here, like, like, just like, come on, like, twitching. (laughs) That's the one. I think that's the biggest one of the biggest problems that I have with this movie is is those scenes where he figures out how it works and that they're star constellations, and then it's pretty clear though that from their control room setup that it's like they kind of already know all that stuff. They must know because they have a big star map where they're like. Yeah, plotting out where yeah. the thing goes, and they and they tell you they've dialed the gate before, but they could never get the seventh symbol. So the, clearly, they they knew somehow that they were already constellations, but they had to make him go through like that and like find it out again. Or it, I think it was more like a test of okay, well, this guy's you know able to figure this shit out that we already know. I don't know. No, because he didn't know part of it. Because the other two scientist guys were, like, so surprised when he says they're constellations. It's like, ooh, like, why didn't you figure this out? And But they they say they didn't know that, but then it's clear, like, all the military people in the base does because it's the whole thing is set up to send things to another world and to measure that. That's what I don't understand about it. It doesn't make sense. It was also, strange. What yeah. doesn't also uh, on that scene in particular is when you see Dan- Daniel gets introduced to the other scientists, and what does he do? He does the <laughs> trope of he ignores the greetings and the small talk and goes straight to the work and starts messing with it. And they turn around and go like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Who translated this?" And it's like, "Well, I did." It's like one. I doubt those two scientists would have been unaware of Daniel's work involved that the government was bringing him in, right? I mean, if he's fixing their problem, so to say. I think they actually would have been unaware yeah, of his work the because they tell them? he's established in the previous scenes as being uh, like a pariah in academia and that no, no, nobody no. listens to him. So why would they even pay attention to him? Not, not know that he, him, what he does, but know that he's coming to them. Like, that right, like but, wouldn't... But they wouldn't know that he's like, I mean, Better than them at translating. I don't things. think the no, no. military gave a shit about the fucking scientists, though. It's just like we brought a new guy in because you guys well, can't figure just, it out. It's yeah. just weird because then in the next scene, after the generals like show him and they lift up the your dry erase board and there's a stargate, and they go into the you know uh, monitors up room and they walk up the stairs, even though they never actually went. They walked up the stairs in the first place. Uh, and you know, monitors are up, and the guy starts giving directions and starts you know going along with Daniel's thing. But just two seconds ago, he was giving him shit about it, about it. It just doesn't make sense how the transition of how they go from believing Daniel's crazy and then the erratic skeptic to he's the salt. The wait, why do they believe he's crazy? Well, they all got up during his uh, grant speech. Remember? Yeah, but 
Yeah, but those people are, at the base don't think he's yeah, crazy because well, they obviously know what's going on. Stuffy with this old thing. guys with money and shit. The people wait, at the base when he when he's translating the ancient Egyptian, the guy goes, you know, wait, what are you doing? That's you know, I you know, he's getting flustered because Daniel's saying his translations are wrong. Right, because he used that one guy's um, lexicon, yeah, budge or whatever name they made up for it. So they may, I don't know, it just seems like they were making it like he was going to be a troublemaker, and then like two seconds later, oh, he's part of the team, everybody's accepted, and, you know, let's move on with the story. It does move a little quickly, yeah. but that actually is one of the things I appreciate about this movie is that it is pretty lean. It gets going, yeah. like, within the first 20 minutes, and, because this isn't a movie where, like, you can build suspense for if an hour and a half. If we spent an hour of Daniel yeah. trying to solve the puzzle, I would have turned it off. Oh, no, no, I, I agree. There wouldn't have been a series if that... Yeah, that would have <laughs> been, mean, like, Snorgate. It would have been awful. Right. But also the fact myself. that we also glossed over the whole introduction of Kurt Russell being all sad because his son played yes. with a gun. That's Early one, 90s PSA for gun safety. Th- that's one thing <laughs> that I don't understand really either, because I... I understand it seems like sloppy writing because throughout the movie he doesn't like gun he doesn't like kids touching guns and he's depressed cuz his kid shot himself but they really don't really build that up in the beginning. No. It's just one little scene his wife And then goes, but they do the worst storytelling thing you can do instead of instead of showing people something they tell them like the people are getting in the car and say oh yeah his kid shot himself. I know. It's like that's something that they would have been better if they had revealed it like 2 thirds of the way through the movie to for you to understand his character a little better instead of just flat out yeah, saying it, his it kid seemed, should, like he's sad but what's the mystery like why is I would he... remind you it's a Roland Emmerich movie yeah but he's clearly suicidal and it would be more interesting to find out have that developed throughout the movie rather than just saying yeah, oh yeah his kid shot himself his, his kid shot himself mm-hmm. 90 minutes in saying like, I agree oh, yeah. it'd be more interesting but I'm saying it's a Roland Emmerich movie so we right it's about spectacle not right really you need the modular characters. expectations for character development <laughs> right I know this yeah. is I know I know this is kind of like the the test run of Independence Day right. so because Independence Day is just like I'm a pilot I'm a stripper I'm a nerd I'm an old Jewish man I'm the president and that's it like right save the world now I'm pretty sure Kurt Russell's first line in the movie though is like something along the lines of like uh, I'm here in case you succeed. You know his like action figure holstering line when they when they get introduced to Daniel because he didn't say again anything. though more evidence for my uh, problem with that is like okay everybody in the base clearly knows what this thing is for and what it does yeah. yet they don't know those things are constellations. Well, I mean, and... Kurt Russell even knows now what happens and what it means if Daniel's successful. Right. Were yeah. I, I'm just saying, were I to were I to go back? Wow, I and, totally didn't realize that till now. I'm just saying, were I to go back and fix the story, it would be not he needs to figure out that they're constellations, but he needs to figure out what that seventh symbol is because that's really the only thing that's holding them back. It's it would have been less interesting if he had not figured the whole thing out, like they do in the in the movie. But still, it would have made. It would have been more logical, but it would have been less dramatic. Or at least just right? have the military well, I mean, not know ahead of time. That would have been fine, too. Or just have him walk in and, like, you know, they have the symbols laid out, all six of them, and it's like, oh, wow, are those constellations? Like, oh, well, yes. okay. Got to the point. Great. Or at least have everybody on the base really not know what the thing is for and then, like, kind of do, like, a time jump, like, a month ahead or something where they built everything. that They need to, like, power the gates and all the instruments and everything. Hmm. But we have to get to the the alien planet as quickly as possible. 
Or right. no, we have to get to the special effects shot of the gate opening. Which is so cool. I mean, it looks... I watched the Blu-ray that you um, bought, bought the other yes, day for me. That I bought off and, the internet. Yes. From iTunes. Yes. And of course. I... I like the effect. It still looks good, and it's the same effect that they use in the series, too, for the whole time. And it still looks really cool. It's an impressive practical yeah. effect. Or Does it not remind you of like, seeing yeah. IMAX at the, at the museum center <clears throat> and that light tunnel thing they do for the stoners? Oh, the light tunnel is, of course, reminiscent of the Stargate. I, I think whoever designed that must have seen like the Stargate movie or series or something. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, there's no way. It yeah, looks so much yeah. like it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's a neat thing, and I, I actually, the best thing about it is I like the acting, where like Kurt Russell's going through the the gate, and you know that none of them really know what's gonna happen, but I think he's got that look in his face. He's like, I don't fucking care if this thing kills me right <laughs> now. He's just, he's ready. Yeah, it'll be a quick way out. Yeah. Also, I just like the fact that it turns midway through the journey, like pretty much in all these sci-fi movies when they have like some way of speeding things up whether it's star wars hyperspace or um warp drive warp drive it's always like light beams going straight light beams going straight light beams going straight here it's like they weave in and out and they're like what they're like what ducking from something apparently or i don't know it just it feels more like a wormhole which is what they're implying it is it's not just a straight like conveyor belt here we are I think from a storytelling perspective, it it's it like feels better when you're watching it because it builds like a sense of adventure that you know you're not just going in a straight line that it's yeah. like this twisty turn journey and through time and space kind of and you know they're, where they're going to another galaxy right in this yeah it's movie. got it's got yeah. like a sense yeah. of helium galaxy yeah. a sense yeah. of speed and velocity to it whereas Star Trek and Star Wars especially Star Trek Star Wars they're in the blue light tunnel but Star Trek it's like it's always when they're you know oh warp nine like. Mm, the stars moved a little faster. Like, yeah. You never get the sense of like, whoosh. It's kind of like stars just drag behind. The, the little, like right, little yeah. This feels like a roller coaster that's going to possibly kill you and then spills you out on some weird fucking planet. Yeah. Was this ever a roller coaster? I feel like there was a Stargate roller coaster. Or I, I bet there's some knockoff. I don't think there's ever a theme ride for this, but uh -huh. I could be wrong. Boy, there should be. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring, I mean, how horrible would that be? <laughs> it starts out in the command center and you like the um, flight of fear and it launches you through the gate and then you just go around like Abydos, like the pyramid and stuff, and there's just sand everywhere. And then you come back through the gate, like, and at some, point, at, at some point, you shoot Egyptian farmers running for their lives because, oh, I know, the, like the, the death gliders, water cannons, yeah, when you go by, mist, yeah, the mist cannons, that's right. Be like that Tomb Raider ride at King's Island. Formerly oh known as Tomb Raider. Right. Oh, what's it called now? Spinny, spinny drop? No, over? it's called Empty empty Lot. Oh, it's gone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tomb Raider is like, I have a picture in front of it actually because it was like, I was like hoping, even though I knew it was long gone because they lost the Paramount rights. But it's like, you see the little like outer cave. Like, so you can tell where it was. And you yeah. can tell where the signage was. But it's, they're like, nope, here's a blocked in gate. It's where <laughs> we keep like Christmas supplies. <laughs> oh, it's storage now. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, that's kind of thematically appropriate for, for what we're talking about. everyone's childhood in our generation, yeah. No, we're talking storage. about today with Stargate, though. Oh. Because it seems like a lot of the stuff, they just had a bunch of shit in storage, and they're <laughs> like, what's this do? <laughs> I don't fucking know. And, and, and not to take it back to the beginning, because we're on a good progress here, but 
did it bug anyone when they ra- in in 1928 Egypt they just raised this artifact out of the ground and put it on its side with no like brace like I like, think that actually makes a lot of sense because if you look back at pictures of when they were uh, excavating statues they did have crews pulling them up with ropes. Oh yeah, yeah, like it, it fitted, but it's still, it's just like yeah. that whole Indiana Jones thing. Like hey, it belongs in the museum. Don't touch it like that. You know, I don't know. They were just, a little bit more YOLO than it's like, oh, there's artifacts everywhere. Yeah, I exactly. mean, plus something that's like so compared to the other stuff you're finding, it's so patently alien, but it has human artifacts around it. Like it just doesn't look like something people made. Well, it's just it's just funny because they show the scene where like the guy goes like Mufasa, Mufasa, and brings her dad down the well. And like they're like sitting there painting off the stone, and the next thing he's like, "Yep, haul it up, boys. Just just haul it up. We'll, we'll um, figure it out." Once <laughs> you carefully excavate around it, then you can just start. But I think that you and I, Clark, watched the extended edition, yes. which has like the added scenes in it where um, they see what's under the cover stone, which is like the dead um, Jaffa guys, the Anubis warrior, and the, oh, really? the horse mm-hmm. guards. Yeah, I need to see that. And then and then that later, makes a lot more sense. It's right, like the immediate right. aftermath of the rebellion. Yeah. Okay. See later that? in the military base. They actually have that preserved remains are in like a secure storage locker, and O'Neill goes and looks at them with the general. I think they should have left that in the movie, in the theatrical version, because then that actually explains to me, too, um, why the military people decide to do what they do in, in the film, because that's one thing that always bothered me in the normal cut is that they bring a nuclear bomb with them, like, just because, like, they automatically assume that they're going to have to blow shit up on the other side. Whereas, if they had left these in, they would. That explains to me, like, okay, clearly they know that there's a possibility they could run into something bad on the other side. So that's a precaution instead of being like a stupid, um, macho thing that dumb military people do, which is the way it comes off in the theatrical version. Or a weird suicide. Roland Emmerich likes nuclear bombs and suicide. Oh, does he? Ever? Well, I mean, wants to die. Nuclear bombs make really, <laughs> really good movies. I mean, you know, they have good like, explosions. That's just yeah. true. Yeah. But the the suicide. I just say something ignorantly. I do no, it no, no. This is. I I want to make sure I'm right for this one. So keep going, guys. <laughs> um. So where are we? They turned the gate on and they have they're, the great. Uh, yeah, they, the they're in the gate. They send curiosity through first, and right. they spin the water to make the gate effect. Spin the water. Yeah, yeah the, the back of the gate. The behind the scenes on how they made the gate like have that weird effect. It's really cool how they did that special effect. Oh, okay. See, this is why I like having physical media still. Like, well, now I I'm just being told about iTunes having the background commentary or the um, special features included because I'm still buying Blu-rays. So it's kind of cool that now you can watch the behind the scenes stuff of iTunes downloads. Apparently, iTunes. Yeah, I know. I know what you're doing. Right. I got it. I'm not. I'm also being oblivious here too. You know. And uh, so that like they go through the gate, they get to the other side. The gate apparently makes you really freezing cold when you come through it, which which is, is something is they explain in the series neat because you're demolecularized and then you have to be reassembled on the other side, which I guess that makes you feel really cold. It's and, a rough ride. Yeah. Yeah. And I like. Um, I don't know. James Spader's really good in this. His acting. I like when he's got his hands in the gate. That's pretty cool. Because you can tell, like the lady, the um, what's her name, the old lady, Catherine, Catherine, and the other scientists, they like really want to be him at that point, and it's a vicarious excitement. The cold actually does explain the one thing that's always bothered me up until this viewing, which is why they're all, they just fall out. 
Like, they just all just, like, shoot out of this thing when it's, like... Because I always thought it was, like, they walked in, you walk out, you know? And then so, like, why would you be shot out? But then it's, like, when you when I looked into it, it's all to see in the deep... Because I've seen that part where they explained the, the, uh, why they're cold or mm-hmm. why they thought it was cold story-wise. That makes more sense. It's, like, if you're broken down to your molecular levels, you're not going to be standing up still, I'm guessing. Well, in the, in the <laughs> series, they... I think in the movie, it's just it. to have something, like... Yeah. Oh no, totally. I mean, that's, in, that's, in the yeah. series, they they explain it because um, they in the first season they they figure out like the their dialing computer protocol. Basically, it's like the the rough ride in the mm-hmm. gate is because it wasn't aligned properly, and their the Earth dialing machine is like a you know ghetto hacked together thing versus the thing you're supposed to use with it. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's just like they don't they're not, is... they're not frozen anymore after they figure that out but i think it's pretty cool the idea that like these old alien pieces of technology might have like it's kind of broken down a little bit it's not working as it was 100% intended but i think in the movie it might just be because Roland Emmerich was like what if they were frozen when they came out and it was really fucking fast right get the plot moving yeah, <laughs> get yeah. the story going and, and so they do get there and then they find out they're in the giant replica of the great pyramid right they're in a which, pyramid but the they desert. can't get back because the little dialing the the address to get back to earth is not in the pyramid right so they have to go looking for it and then daniel nerd guy gets dragged by a giant um, practical effects creature that drools all over him, and it's like a giant, like, hairy cow. something out of, like, it's a like never-ending a, story or something? Yes, yeah, it, Falcor, the dragon, the luck dragon. That's who it reminded me of, the face. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I think <laughs> of Dubax from Star Wars. It is like a hairy Dubax, too, yeah. But it's not CGI, which I like. It's a practical effect, and it looks pretty good. I think the creature effects in this oh, movie are really great. It's like a Bantha and a Dubak. Yes. Yeah, had a child. There yeah. we go. And then They're they end up with the... face and tongue. Yeah, pretty <laughs> it ha- Justin, you know what? Sometimes that's what God intended. They're just babies that are miracles, I just, okay? okay? I feel like there's somewhere out there, there's a lead scene from like the Dark Crystal, and you see those yeah. guys, and they're just like... <laughs> <laughs> I know where Roland Emma got those now. Like, I was looking up the guy who did the creature effects, this Patrick Totopoulos guy, and I was trying to find out if he had been like in Jim Henson's um, it productions looks, before. Because yeah, the way the yeah. head kind of sways back and forth is very like there's yeah. someone's arm in it still, moving it back and forth. Right, you know? and you can totally tell that it's you know it's a couple guys and they're working this this prop, but it looks very real. So the actors who are working the prop are doing a great job. And, yeah. Oh, I uh, love when they when they skip ahead to see where uh, Daniels gets caught up in the leash or harness and gets dragged by this thing. The little sh- they just do it for one quick second. They shoot a scene of it moving, mm-hmm. and I think that scene of it moving, you know, while rough, it's one of the best. It's it's one of the best practical scenes in the movie. I think with that character because yes. it's just like. It just—it's just such a bumbling animal, like you know. And then it's, they, they use the perfect the, herding animal. They use the music that was used in every movie trailer for the next ten years afterwards. And then, Did you recognize that music, yeah. Justin? I—I I picked up on the music. It was one of those things that, like, when you smell or taste something, it's like I know this, but I don't know where it's from. But when you say that, it's the rising one, right? It's like, da, da, da. like uh, I can't even do it, but it's. The last movie I remember seeing it in the the trailer for was like Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow or something, and that was in two thousand four. So they got a lot of mileage out of this. It's the music. movie music equivalent of it's the trailer music equivalent, I should say, of It Ain't Me. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
Okay, so I'm trying to remember the, what happens next year on the planet because I've got the extended director's cut and then the regular theatrical one are fighting in they my head. They go to the mine. Yeah, I only have the extended one in my mind. So see, I, I watched the theatrical cut because I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> find my Blu-ray. So this is why I'm like forgetting all this because I have, oh. the, I have the crap. I literally DVD don't know so. what the differences are. So it, no, well, there's I can not tell many. You, it, a lot of the descriptors are gone from this because I'm being shocked by remembering right. all these scenes. There's actually really not that many added scenes in the extended version. It's mostly the stuff we already said about like the dead remains thing. That's that's most of it. And then so they go to the, they go to the mine with the people mining the the quartz and they're all whatever surprised. else. Like, oh wow, there's right. like people looking. And they all think that they're emissaries from Rock because he's got the little pendant on. And then they go and have a good time at the, I do you know, their, their big their big city, Agrabah or whatever. <laughs> then, I was uh, so okay. Actually, the guards are going to cut off their hands. And... Like the leader of the people. Remind me of uh fuck. I had the guy's name in my head, but I can't remember. It's like a discount version of uh the dude from Jurassic Park. Jeff Which Goldblum. It, a discount Jeff Goldblum kind of. He had the same kind of face, I thought. You're right. I, I see where you got that from. I just know him as discounted Egyptian guy because in every movie that He's in the Mummy. Yeah, he's yeah. the Mummy. Or not he's not the Mummy, but he's in he's the, the mummy. library director in the uh, Mummy. He's also okay. in um I'm looking it up right now. Cause like he's in a ton of shit. He just looked like Jeff Goldblum yeah. if you shaved his head and like gave him a tan. Oh, I guess yeah. I guess it's the hair that's throwing me off. Yeah. Pretty much, if you've seen any show on CBS, in uh, looking at his filmography right now, any show on CBS that begins with a an abbreviation, NCIS, or pretty much all the NCISs, uh, <laughs> or and then he's also on like Warehouse 13, so. Some good things and some bad things, apparently. But yeah, discount Egyptian dude because everything. Egyptian okay. man, and then he's all got, of his he's got a hot daughter are like Mister. Is that his daughter? Isn't that his daughter? Yes, it yeah, Shara is his daughter. Yeah. And, oh, um, Shara. Well, Skara is his son. The kid, the guy with the the little kid with the dreadlocks and all that that O'Neill gets friendly with. And, Which I don't get. I didn't how pick this, up on that at all. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I knew that after the fact, but after you know watching it the first time through, it's like. Uh, I, I totally forgot. I knew he, that that's his daughter, but I for, totally forgot that's his son because it doesn't seem like it. it seems like he's just a, a homeless, like they to me street it's urchin just, kid. Yeah, street urchin kid. Yeah. Aladdin. Yeah. Yes. yeah, street rat. Which, by the way, is the second Disney. Like, I feel like Disney because like Aladdin came out in '94 too, uh, or '90 right right '92. '92. Yeah, Aladdin. Aladdin was way before this. Way before this. Okay, so yeah. but, but so this is twice Disney. Like so Aladdin's before this, so give Disney a point there. But did anybody remember Atlantis, the Lost Empire? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You remember how this all be nerdy yeah, skeptic? It's the, it's the very same yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I was gonna say that that's where when they go to the city and start like canoodling with all the locals and yeah. stuff, that's where this movie kind of it loses excitement for me and it becomes very typical. Like I've seen this movie many, many times, like all these these points like they they teach the natives how to do stuff like yeah. smoke cigarettes and stuff and and some guy there's like a sex mix-up where like they try to offer their daughter to like the newcomer or something and it's and like apparently i've seen this a... movie like 10 times <laughs> i don't know if i like the presentation of it here because the other people have done it better i mean we all uh, know conan <laughs> the barbarian did it the best when it's like right some 
random well, woman to to him as for a sexual pleasure. Well, or <laughs> when he throws a bitch into the fire. That too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great classic that a, moment. I but love that movie. Anyway. That, yeah, that's where it just I just feel like it just it winds down a little bit and gets kind of boring, and then you kind of have you're waiting for the when the pyramid ship finally appears and. Well, it seems like it, it also seems half-assed because, okay, so French Stewart's in the desert camp backed by the pyramid. Desert, not desert storm, but a desert a winds. A, 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 Shamal. The sh- what? The Shamal. <laughs> Shamal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sandstorm comes through, so they're losing connection to Kurt Russell and the gang in the in the city. Yet, while they're suffering through the sandstorm, have to run back into the pyramid for safety. They're having a party. And as someone who's lived in a desert community, those sandstorms are not just minor little things that just kind of go through one section. It's like a giant wall of... But maybe on this planet they are, right? I know. Roland Emmerich, I know. <laughs> it's an alien, know. It's an alien <laughs> just, planet. Everything is bigger. It's really expensive to throw yeah. sand around on your indoor film set of your medieval desert city. <laughs> I mean, it's a better explanation. The Roland Emmerich is a better explanation than the one I heard when I showed this to a bunch of other, my friends. And they said... Well, maybe the city is protected by a magical spell of Ra. Like, but that's the yeah. fucking well, point of the they movie. There's still no magic. Have to go hide, <laughs> I right, thought. There is no magic. This yeah, whole... well, yeah. So they let go hide, and then it's like Kurt Russell doesn't go back to check on French Stewart. It's like you lost communication with your half your men. Yeah, but why would you walk through a sandstorm? Yeah, no, no. After it's over, after but they don't. But it's not. When, by the time the sandstorm is over, his people have been captured by the evil dudes. He doesn't know that. He's getting a blowjob. Oh, he's busy. Smoking a cigarette oh, yeah, yeah, by the yeah. little kid, oh, yeah. like that's why I give him a cigarette afterwards. Right, and yeah. he's telling he's telling the kids, "This is what you do after on Earth." Apparently, or... these deleted scenes went far what deeper. You, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it, it was like it wasn't a actual scene that was in the movie, but it was just sort of you know hinted at strongly that like Kurt Russell sitting next to a young boy smoking a cigarette, and the the kids wondering, "Oh, why are you smoking now?" Gets the taste out of your mouth. I mean, I. <laughs> You guys are Shit. really. You guys are taking this too far. That's nasty. I was okay. It's gross. You know, you know gross. Like we, we were going down. We were like going down this hill of, of debauchery, and you were like, "Fuck the hill. We're just going off." The thing. I mean, really though. Come on. The the idea I, of the aliens but, like taking over your body and stuff. Okay. I, I think the least there. the least that you can say though is that they in, they corrupt the youth. Because they, they introduce them to bad habits like smoking, and they give them guns, and right? Fire, playing with fire, yes. always dangerous. Playing with fire, he gives them a lighter. You could he could burn the whole fucking city down with that thing, and you know. So Although, are, that's the I think that's the most you can credibly say is that they do corrupt. You know what would have been great? They, they they show them that they can write stuff. It's, that's bad. Remember, with the Stargate music blaring at the end triumphantly as they go back to the gate, and the city's just on fire behind them because the kid was playing with the lighter the whole time. Well, okay, so the writing aspect, um, that's weird because they, they explain it that Raw forbid writing. Hmm. How does Raw know if you're writing? I, I mean, I get it. He's an all-seeing guy. He's like Santa but, Claus. But they're so, that's why they think he's always watching because they're so afraid and they think that these gods are real and the, mag- the magic that they have is oh, real. They don't I, understand I totally all get that. North Korean propaganda. I well, no, no, no. I mean, th- as far as, like, the people living in the city know, like, there are, like, these Anubis gods and, like, you know, giant eagle-headed gods and stuff. They don't realize they're people because, I mean... No, no, I got that. It's just, like, it just seems like... So it's the same way if, you know, 
No, God comes down and says, hey, Moses, you're not allowed to, you know, murder. I'm watching you. No, like, no, I I totally get that part. What, what I'm, okay, I think I brought this up in a different way. Uh, what I, The part I'm having trouble believing mm-hmm. is that the chieftain's daughter goes and explores the cave and knows his writing system. Yet when her dad sees a guy half-ass his way through a hieroglyph, he loses his goddamn mind. Like, I I understand that's a corrupting the youth aspect again, but I just can't believe that this thousand-year-old tale is, you know, and the daughter's like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to go learn how to write, because fuck you, God. I don't you think know? it's actually, learning how to write. It's just I don't seems... think that's what happens, actually. I think that... I, I, I really need to watch this movie again. They, go down, they, watch it they go down there, and there's the stuff written on the wall, and Daniel's the one who can read it and talks to her about it, and then she's telling him, like, no, no, this is the way you pronounce this. And that's when he concludes that, okay, actually this is like an ancient Egyptian dialect, and now I know what all these things are saying, and he's the one who tells her this is what happened. Like she doesn't learn how to write because of that. She just knows the only thing I think she knows is the symbol for their planet. This is why I love doing this with you guys because I've seen this movie countless times and I've always read it as no pun intended that she knew how to write or she was like, you know, she like like there's some backstory of her like figuring out what the characters mean. I I think the thing you're right about though is that because she knows where those catacombs are, that the kids go down there a lot. So. That's that's what kids do. No, yeah, smoke, oh yeah, yeah. You know, right. I was gonna say smoke their crazy cigarettes, cigarettes. <laughs> right? Crazy Egyptian cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. But I bet they go down there all the time, and they just don't know what any of it says. But they hang out down there because it's a place where you're not clearly to go. right. Yeah. People don't go. Of course, corrupting the youth again. <laughs> right, and the. I'm usually not a big fan of exposition, lots of exposition, but in this case, it made sense where he kind of just told, you know, everybody like, here's what's going on, and. I don't. I, I can't imagine how they would show that to you. Like no, no. They, telling, that, telling the story yeah. about how the alien guy came and oh, that got part, the yeah. you know the human bodies and stuff and brought brought them to this planet. I mean, well, what was always strange to me was the fact that Ra would write that down that he went to Earth and stole a human kid's body. Like I don't know no, why the ancient Egypt. Our ancient Egyptians wrote that down. The people he brought as slaves wrote that down before he outlawed uh, and then he, yeah, and writing. Outlawed, but I guess then the question is, how come Ron never found that and painted over it or well, something? Again, like, like it's one of those things. That the kid went up to the ship, okay, but as far as they like people know, like okay, the kid went to the ship and that was it. Like they don't know that well, he like sucked his soul out of his body or something like that. Like I, it seems like a very strange thing to just like. Include on a wall, yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, from the perspective of the slave people, how do you know that? How can you make that, you know, conclusion So here, from a kid walking up to a ship and disappearing? Here's what I imply. That he was an ancient alien that was dying or something. Like, I, how do you know that? Okay, yeah, okay. I was about to say, because as I was thinking about it, my, my reasoning doesn't really hold up. So, yeah, that, that doesn't really make much sense. You're I always thought Justin. it. Okay, okay. I'm not going to take that route. I'm going to take a more logical route, which is I'm believing that that when because we have evidence of the actual workers on the pyramids in real life graffiti in the inside of the walls with like little notes and everything. It's been throughout mankind that there's been evidence of this. You know, we as we're working, we write crap on our shit. And so I'm imagining that this this stuff comes from 
are Egypt, you know, from those guys. So they wrote that in there. These people that we're seeing, they have no clue that these exist. The kids have just discovered it. Right. Because it's been hidden behind a wall or they're something. They're descendants of descendants. Yeah, so, so the adults have no idea that this story is here, but their ancient, their great-great-great-great-great-grandfather figured it out because it's like this big thing comes down from the sky. Joe walked up to it, and now Joe is God. You know, like they would put two and two together better than I can at this point, but you know. <laughs> Still the whole dying ancient alien, his home world was blown up or something like. Mm, okay, that, you... yeah, that, I give you that, that was Unless a little. Unless Raj is really friendly at the start. Maybe, maybe the Jaffa like to talk, I don't know. I mean, it has been known that, you know, the uh, prison guards usually befriend the prisoners, you know. I mean, bits and pieces might leak out of like, Ross from another planet or something, I mean like. Unless he was like really proud of that, so when he did have like court or something, he like. I like to imagine that there are some temple, there are some tribes out there that were more receptive of Ra's rule and saw him more of a positive deity than these people see him as. Well, they're all nice as long as you do what they say. That's I mean, seems that everything goes smoothly as long as he comes every once in a while and gets his courtship which is why the old yeah. man loses his mind every time the americans do something because it's like no no we just got to keep up this we got to keep this normal thing going we have going because mm-hmm. raw is going to come and shoot us with his little sticks yeah and then it's it's pretty clear he comes back on a regular basis which he, his ship lands and i don't He's know the idea in. the idea of of the pyramids being landing platforms for like an alien ship is is pretty neat. I don't think I've ever seen that in any anything before this. I mean, clearly it's been written about. Like this is straight up ancient astronaut theory from like straight out of the seventies that somebody read those books and wrote this script based on that. But I don't think I've really ever seen a movie before this do something like that. Well, it's, and also the fact that his ship fits snugly. Like a glove, uh, where inside the pyramid is not just like a landing marker for the landing space that's next to it. It's the actual ship is so pyramid shape. Right. Rob was the only person coming to Earth while they're different size pyramids. Justin, I don't need your logic here. Okay. <laughs> Ross, different size ships. Sometimes he likes to bring the big one. Other times he likes to get the sports car out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weak yeah. and small. Or they just built fucking smaller pyramids to, you know, because they thought he was a god and like, hey, maybe if we build more, he'll like us more. See, that's what I'm doing over here. Like, yeah, yeah. Any more quartz? I don't need more goddamn landing pads. No, no. Ross got to make more watches. Okay. No, see, Grant. Quartz for you. You know, you 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 said it perfectly because the Mayan pyramids are flat top, whereas the Egyptian ones come to a point. Right, but that Matt, means that those are his convertible that, ships. Right, but we know that's because the predators <laughs> taught the Mayans you, how Clark. to make the yeah, pyramids really so that they that. could hunt the aliens. So that's that. That's that explanation. Oh, okay. I, I totally forgot about that. That makes right. sense. Why? Well, I, I, I like my convertible theory better. But Stargate I, I versus Predator. <laughs> There's an idea. And all right, Actually, so, I would watch that. So the military guys get their asses kicked by, you know. Falcon guys. The sufficiently advanced <laughs> aliens with right. technology that's indistinguishable from magic. Right. Do you think they were falcon punched? I think they were hit in the face with a staff. Okay. That's, what it's, <laughs> that's what it showed. <laughs> and then they come back and then they get beaten up by the Anubis guard guy. And then they're all captured. And then 
you know, they meet the raw dude who is like a creepy pedophile child molester guy because he surrounds himself with little kids, and I'd never understood that really. So he's turned on. I, I actually, I, there's actually a great uh, interview kids. with uh, Roland Emmerich, and the interviewer asks, "Why did you include all those kids?" And his actual answer is. I just wanted to make the audience feel uncomfortable. Like there is, he was not trying to say, he was not, he literally was like, how can we make this guy as creepy as possible? I know half naked kids running around him. That's the scariest thing I know. There are cool cats in this movie too. Yeah, really? the cats were pretty cool. Yep. There were a couple oh, cats. Yeah, the, yeah. Little, little kitty sits on the little the throne chair and stuff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Then it dies in a huge nuclear fireball. That's right, but he was in the wrong oh, place. Oh man, at the wrong time. I didn't think about that when I was yeah. watching it. Fucking Whiskers is dead. He toast. Oh man, it's over. Mittens. Oh well, wait, they have nine lives though. They nuclear blasts tend to use up all your lives. Oh, uh, that yeah. would. You think that sarcophagus is just for people, or can you throw the cat? <laughs> <laughs> the like. I think he probably the questions everyone. Jo- Justin, he probably <laughs> sleeps in there with the cat. They, like he gets in there with the cat, and they like like Ripley in the <laughs> the hyper sleep. <laughs> well, I feel like like Mr. Evil. Uh, I was thinking like more like Doctor Evil, and you know, uh, right, right, Cryo Freeze, yeah. Mr. Bigglesworth, and, and the Harold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that sci-fi? You watched? <laughs> I no stretch. Sadly, no. We, we have to draw the there's line. There's time somewhere. travel and technology Spaceships, and moon, stuff, and there's moon bases. A, there's a Dutch guy. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, with freaking lasers on their head. Right, right. I'm, I'm just gonna just start out there before we go back yeah. to Stargate. If I don't ever watch Austin Powers again, I'll be happy. So let's not include that. Oh, in Matt, head. you don't like your quasi futuristic spacesuit? Quasi futuristic <laughs> outfits. Yeah, quasi futuristic outfit. Was she the person who like brought up like peeing for an hour and a half yes. last week? And Matt was what? the person who brought that up. Wait, where did I bring that up? You said that the Austin Powers is the oh, best no, no. freezing cryo sequence. Yeah, that seems hilarious. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I've seen that series of movies so much that I don't ever. I, I you don't want to watch it again. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. That scene is still hilarious because it's peak. Okay. We're gonna get Space Jam in here. Justin. So then they find <laughs> out that the aliens are in fact uh, only impersonating gods, and that they are indeed just usurpers and pretenders who are just exploiting these people because they take off their little fun helmets that they did a nice, cool effect with. I don't know if that was CGI or not, but it, it was kind of neat. A little CGI-ish. Yeah, where their helmets retract. And they I show. think it was one of those movie magic deals. Where it, it looked a, a lot like stop motion yeah. stuff, but it was pretty good. well done. I, it holds up. It, I saw it on Blu-ray, and it looks fine. It looks great, yeah. Yeah, but so they find out they're faking it. And that they just mine the mineral and use the people to mine the mineral. But I think that the humans from the approximate late, you know, <clears throat> the early '90s, I guess, whatever. They're the people who come from Earth are advanced enough to spot the the con versus the primitive people who are just so like. They well, I mean, they haven't had huts. writing for several. Well, thousand right, they don't years, have writing. So they like live in to... fucking mud huts. They mine quartz all day and don't know what they're doing. Like, I guess people... Yeah, they don't Earth, have a lot of free time to, you know, pursue academic... They're, they're, people from Earth are advanced enough to say, hey, wait a minute. But it's the first time that the audience... Yeah. Because that's the first time as the audience that you know that, oh, this is the turn in the story. This is what it really is. Instead, you're thinking you might actually see some kind of, like, monster thing. Well, I mean... Until then. When I was watching it, I personally was like, wow, those look like cheesy costumes. Like, I, that's kind of my thought. So, like... 
I wasn't, I was like, kind of like, oh, they actually aren't, you know, dog headed people. They're just masks. Like, they are supposed to be cheesy ass costumes that right. slave yeah. people can't see through. They're dressed up in the, the mythology of the people they enslaved just to, to keep them. It's kind of, it's pretty smart. Well, you would die. They, I thought they brought the mythology of like the god looking Anubis, Ra head things, not. The other way around. It's a little bit of both, I think, that he came there <clears throat> and knew that they believed in things, and then based off of that, he built their civilization and the mythology around it to, really like to work so for himself. Them. That's well, see, I, I, I thought it was more like, because he took over the body of the boy, so he just assumed, you know, or not assumed, he just assimilated the boy's cultural... You know what he knows as his cultural doings. Right. He, See, a, I, he, more... he knew the boy's memories. Which yeah, is, yeah, he's really See, smart though because he knows that if he takes over the position at the top of the hierarchy as the god, then these people will do what he wants. Exactly. Yeah. See, I got it more like he kidnapped the kid, and like the humans weren't really advanced yet, and he pushed humans to be more advanced and build pyramids and create Egyptian culture. But they worship the sun. I mean, yeah. Well, the that's sun's kind of, like an no. ancient thing. I get, exactly. I get what you're exactly. saying, Justin. Is that he probably came and either by absorbing the the kids' memories, like like Matt said, or by just observing before he abducted them or whatever, he knew that they kind of had this proto um, sun god thing. Right. They worship the sun or something like that. Like a really, really old style religion, and he took the kernel of that and then like pushed them to be more advanced and built the Egyptian civilization off that one seed. I'm the sun god. You like the sun. I'm pretty tight with him. (laughs) Mind this quartz. He likes that. Yeah, it's cool. We feed it to the sun so it can burn. Right. right. You don't want it to go out. Right, and then Daniel Why hasn't it gone out for the last, you know, 100,000 years? Shut up. (laughs) So Daniel gets healed after he gets blasted. And he gets put in a sarcophagus thing, which heals his body, which explains why Ra can live for why thousands of years. Why did Ra put him in the sarcophagus? I guess because he wanted to explain to Daniel, like, you know, well, I guess maybe he was curious because he saw that this guy had the little pendant on. Like, where the fuck did you get that? Right, and he knew, and well, I th- and I also think that because they, they saw the advancement of the soldiers, they knew that they had some kind of, higher level of knowledge he's like oh these people must have come from earth they must have activated the gate i have to find out what they know and he must have been curious yeah. that his symbol was like jewelry yes. like where did you get that why do you have these guns you're from earth wait a minute they buried my gate what happened and he also kind of says that he's just okay. kind of amused by humans so i guess daniel's kind of like a plaything toy for him okay that makes a little more know? sense mm-hmm. because rob miss he misunderestimates them right that was a Common quote. flaw. Common flaw. In uh, movie villains. Misunderestimation. Misunderestimation. Yeah, there's a little bit of Bond villain aspect to this where, like, he says, we're going to send your nuke back with the mineral, and that's going to make it 100 times more destructive. And, and like, all the while, I'm just, like, sitting there <laughs> thinking, like, quartz, dude. Hey. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, once they, like, introduce <laughs> that thing, like, oh, there's a bomb, and we're going to send it to Earth. And I'm like, well... That's probably not going to happen, so they're going to use it to blow up the ship in some way or fashion. So it's also, like, it's quartz. Quartz? Quartz does not have any radioactive he's, properties. You're thinking like, because the guy uses the... <laughs> that, the one soldier has that weird tricorder thing 
that scans the stuff and yeah. says it's quartz and mm-hmm. some other unknown mineral. I think the unknown mineral is the stuff that makes the nuclear bomb more powerful. Just, oh, you think that's supposed to be Naquita? It is. On? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, I'll buy that. It's like 20% quartz and 80% something they don't know. We'll just call it Naquita because we know that's what it is. Yeah. And because all his technology is based on that because they said it's made out of the same material as the gate. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense now in retrospect. Thanks, yeah. Justin. What I do? <laughs> you brought up the threshold question that helped me understand something. Ah, cool. All right. No problem. So then he blows up the town and shoots people. And... So, like, that's what I never understood. Like, <laughs> so, like, okay, he was, like, punishing them for, like, keeping the humans there or writing or something. But, like, all it looked like he did it was just, like, pew, 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 the top of the buildings and, like, Somehow that like destroyed half the town or something. Well, like, this town's kind of like on fire. It's not destroyed. And then like I don't think he, he doesn't want to kill all his workers. He just wants to make them afraid again. Okay, it it didn't seem that effective. Is all I'm saying. But I guess if he wants to instill fear, I suppose that's effective. He's bringing the old time religion. Mm, okay. And then they go back, and Ra tries to make Daniel kill his buddies to show everybody that he. You know, he's the true God, not Daniel. Because I guess the townspeople were confused because of the pendant or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel does that one thing. And then thing the kids that's... have the guns. So yeah, he yeah, turns yeah. around and, like, blows some Jaffa guy's shit up. And and then the kids help them get back to some secret cave where, so, where the guys with all the technology and all the super wait. spaceships can't find them. <laughs> well, maybe it's got, you know, magnesite deposits in it. I was sure. a little upset <laughs> that, like, during the whole movie, including that scene, that, like, nothing ever happened with the kids and the gun. Like, I was hoping, like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of dark when I say this out loud. But, like, I was. You wanted the kid to kill himself? Yeah, I was kind of, like, hoping something <laughs> would happen for Kurt Russell's character's sake, that something would happen to the kid with the gun, or one of the kids with the gun, like, hurt himself or something. Wait, but so he, he could be like, oh my god! His but he's already up. his kid already died, and now you want his other like surrogate son in the film to die? He not die, but at least like hurt himself, shoot his foot or something. No, he sees his best friend <laughs> die. So I get out of Vietnam. I mean, <laughs> I think that they put that kid in the movie because he's supposed to be like he gives O'Neill a reason to live again, and it's it's not very well done. Like it's. Very, really? very flimsy. Yeah. Like, there's only like yeah, a little. Yeah, like we said, it could it's be a little interpreted thread. as something else. Yeah, and it, there's just not enough of that there because they didn't really set it up well in the beginning of what problem he's having in his depression. But yeah, so the kid makes him want to live again. And I guess by the time they get into the caves, he's okay with them handling guns or. Or he's not really. He says, like, they should go away and go home and stuff. But he's, he <laughs> loves guns again. Right. Yeah. But I get yeah they decide to let him use the guns because it's their only shot to get home and then uh, well it's the bald the bald soldier you know the, the other soldier the one who's like you're coming with us right Sarge or you know when he says like prepare the bomb in the beginning right you know the one who surrenders and gets them all captured in the first place like he was the one who was like you know we have like we have to give him the guns because we need the story to advance kids with <laughs> guns are sexy yeah but the only the only good thing you find out about O'Neill's character arc in that cave sequence is that he's uh, always going to stay behind. He was always going to stay behind and blow up the gate and kill himself. Yeah. Again, I get it. His kid died. He wants to die. It's just they, 
they didn't fill in all the gaps there that I needed yeah. to get to that, make it feel strong enough. Like he was, he needed to stay behind and kill himself because he was that he was that bad off that he needed to do that. Roland Emmerich, yeah, right. Roland Just gotta Emmerich. move it along. Yeah, move the it train along. keeps rolling. And the train keeps rolling. Russell yeah. Case flies the jet into the alien ship at the end of Independence Day for right. really no reason. He wants to die. It's, a, it's a great shot. Yes, because it's a cool thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's that's. <laughs> and then they show up. The well, they find out the seventh symbol because the kids are drawing it on the wall, and that's like where they come from because they got three moons. And then Daniel bangs the guy's daughter. Yeah. Finally. Good job, Daniel. And then they fight the pyramid guys. <laughs> they fight the guys at the pyramid. Oh no, I was <laughs> thinking of thinking of sand getting everywhere. It's so yeah. annoying trying Horse. to yeah. Horse. I was thinking that when you said they went to the sand planet or the ride or something we were talking about. <laughs> I hate oh. sand. And the battle is pretty good. The battle at the end is pretty neat. Funny thing happens, the kid with the unibrow gets blown up. <laughs> this is the best part. I love it every time. He's like, he's like, you know, he's clearly like mentally challenged or something. I, the, I was thinking, that. and they blow up, they kill the retarded kid. It's the, the 90s magic of filmmaking. Yeah, you can get away with that. Nobody cared about all that shit. It was perfect. Yeah, so he gets blown up with a nice. He goes up like poof and a no, smoke I, and then his helmet rolls It, it was out. like pink vapor. It was yeah. pretty fucking funny. I sh- they, uh, I remember going to uh, see it at someone's house. They had a showing of this movie for a movie night and someone watching it was just like, the first time you see that kid do his little <laughs> laugh, it's just like, yep, that guy's going to die and it's going to be the dog dying scene or the well, cat dying just scene. Just kind of admit though that you kind of want him to die. Like, oh, yeah. every oh, time yeah. he does something in the movie, it's just like, oh, he's I've fucking, it makes my head hurt. Movie just like, I bet that dies. kid's parents were like, now you have, <laughs> Stargate. <laughs> yeah, they could start over. Yeah, that kid's parents were like, thank you, Ra. Like, <laughs> Finally, the gods have done something. <laughs> but the, the, the fight scenes are pretty good. I like all yeah, the, I like all the fight. Uh, for once in a movie, like, you notice how in movies today, they do the stupid, um, really, I don't know what you would call it, not a jump cut, but uh, like when people do, when there's fight scenes and it's just, they 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 don't just sh- angle in on a shot and let people fight it out. It's like they have to like keep cutting to new angles and like every yeah, time like you throw a punch, punch a boom, boom, cut, boom. Punch, cut, it's the punch, Paul cut. Greengrass, right. Jason Bourne method. Yeah. New shot for every hit. Yeah. 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 The very, very frenetic cutting, but in this, the when he's fighting the Anubis guy, there's not a lot of that and I thought it was pretty good. That's how a lot of movies with great fights are. Like Indiana Jones generally has like not a whole lot of different angles during the fights. All right, and then so they 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 kill the guy and decapitate him, and Daniel heals his girlfriend after she gets shot, and then Ra tries whoa, to whoa, zap whoa. his you're, head. You're, you're glossing well, over so Kurt again, Russell's like, like greatest line in the movie. You know, give my regards to King Tut. Yeah, that, was, that was the money line. <laughs> so the thing I was bugged out about about that whole sequence was like he set the bomb for seven minutes, and it went to like. EBZ time yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Like, I thought the, like, little healing pod took, like, hours, personally. But, like, again, like, seven minutes Do less want, than I mean, that, like, quicker than, like, a Hot Pocket. Let's add up the <laughs> amount of time that Goku and Frieza talk after an MX going to explode in five minutes. In five minutes! It's, like, yeah. three hours of back and forth talking. No, 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 I know. And that's why I said, like, it turned into DBZ time as soon as the timer started. That shit happens. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, 
and then or maybe time is different on this planet, Justin. Okay. Maybe they, time's different in this galaxy. So they they have the convenience of they uh, he activates the little ring thing again and sends the bomb up and Daniel comes back and then the bomb blows up our ship and the alien say, guy shows his face and then he gets like burned. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Like I guess Kurt Russell like knocked down the alien dude right between like the ring coming down or something and it like crushed him and like sent his head up when like Daniel was coming yeah. down. Yeah. That was pretty funny, and like the rings were like all lopsided and stuff because they came down and crushed the guy. It's <laughs> great. Uh, and then the bomb goes off and blows up the ship, and in a great explosion. Right, they use they reuse the Star Trek Six explosion CGI effect, which is cool. Yeah, because they you know a huge explosion like that right outside of our atmosphere is not going to cause any you know lasting damage. Maybe this planet's different, man. Just like Clark said, well, then we're kind of a super planet or something. Uh, it's not like they. It's have not anything. like Planet Namek. Right. They they don't have there's there's no green people on the planet and they don't have to worry about having their technology ruined by EMP because they live in fucking mud right. huts. And then they have the the denouement where everybody shakes hands and goes home, and except for Daniel, all the military guys like Daniel again now because he got him he got him to get the gate to work, and uh, Kurt Russell's not suicidal anymore. Somehow, and you know they were clearly setting up; they were aiming for a sequel because he says, "I'll see you around," but they got a TV series instead, which turned out to be much better. Much better, yeah. Yes, and Did the TV these characters series... ever show up again? Huh? Do these characters ever show up again? With Daniel, different actors, yeah. Daniel, yeah. They're all different actors, but Daniel and Colonel O'Neill are the two members of SG-1, like two of the main people in the show. So yeah. the first episode of Stargate SG-1, the series, is actually they go... Um, more bad guys come through the gate, which is just hanging out in storage in the bottom of the mountain complex, and then they get Colonel O'Neill out of retirement again played by Richard Dean Anderson this time, and he goes back to Abydos to track down Daniel, who's played by Michael Shanks. And then that's when they're like, oh, man, there's this big room full of different addresses. Oh, the gate system goes everywhere. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of the foundation for the series. Okay. But, yeah. Big question. Hmm? Is this, is the series, does it have, like, spaceships, or is it just confined to the Stargates? Plenty of spaceships. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no, it's just like a stupid question. Honestly. No, it's, well, it's, and then, it's then a they have question. a spin-off of SG-1 that takes place on a starship. So, but is there a Stargate in the starship? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It'll yeah. work. And there are Stargates in starships. Um, it's uh, or the Stargate it... isn't. It's not so much like a location address as it's like a MAC address that's tied to the gate itself. Oh, okay. So okay. like a Stargate on a flying pyramid ship will have the same address no matter where it is. So yeah. it sort of just said fuck all to the like position of the stars, like reading constellations, and that's how it's, you. It, what they explain it point. in the the series that like every the planets have drifted out of alignment. So Abydos was the only gate that was close enough to work. They kind of retcon it and say that it's in this galaxy now. So it's close enough to work, but then their dialing computer program they write is like, oh, wait a minute, we're going to calculate the drift and compensate, and that's when they start getting all these different places to go. Oh, okay. And in the show, a Jaffa is a, is a good guy. Jaffa. The, the Anubis guys. The Anubis guys. The guys with the helmets. Oh. They reprogram one into a good guy. I he reprogrammed normal himself. guys. Well, yeah. Huh? That's I what the government like normal wants guys that are like indoctrinated. Well, or... in the series, they're an alien species that the Ra people created to serve them. 
And okay. in the series, Ra's not like a, a graze type alien. He's like a little parasitic worm that infests people. Uh, yeah, I remember you telling me about And the those. Jaffa like grow the infant worms and they're like a pouch in them. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole... The series is much better than the yeah, movie. Yeah, I, the series is takes the movie's concept yeah. and does and it. Better. The series is well worth watching if you've never seen it. I, I think it's it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's great. In fact, if you see enough of SG-1, you kind of don't need to see the original movie. You can just... Yeah. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's fun, though. I give it... You know, it's like a B plus B movie. It's uh, definitely a special effects movie. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a solid B, B plus. It's not great, but I mean, it's... Right. Roland Emmerich, I think this was an important movie for him because he perfected the level of schlock Artur that he needed to become the man who made Independence Day, yeah, which this... is one of the best action movies ever because it is just so hilariously straightforward and schlocky that nothing beats David or Jeff Goldblum fucking programming on OS 9 like some bullshit fucking or OS 8 at that point some fucking bullshit virus to take over an alien ship with a Jolly Roger ASCII art thing in it like or you just can't beat it I always like Stargate because it's it's the one Roland Emmerich film I just can't really hate on I mean like I see all of its flaws especially after today's discussion but it's like uh, it's kind of like The Rock with Michael Bay like I will piss on any Michael Bay movie, but The Rock is still like one of my favorites. So this is like Roland Emmerich's The Rock for me. It's like I all the other ones I don't really have much attention to, but Stargate, I like Stargate. Yeah, it's it's an enjoyable movie. I also like this and the series a lot because it's military science fiction that's not grim dark mm-hmm. like everything is today. It's almost actually kind of uplifting, at least the first couple seasons of SG One, where it's kind of they all kind of, even the dark episodes end with like. There's always levity. There's yeah. always comic relief. There's always the interplay between the four people on the team. Mm-hmm. There's great chemistry. It's good casting. Yes. Yeah. Plus, Richard Dean Anderson is great. Yeah, he is. And Russell's good, but. I have to say. Can't recommend the soundtrack for this movie enough because unlike all the Hans Zimmer light ripoff stuff that's basically every movie today, this actually has its own unique sound and it actually sounds like a good throwback to like old adventure movies from like the 60s and stuff. There's definitely some Lawrence of Arabia feel to it in a lot of parts and shit, they used it for trailer music for like a decade after it got released. Yeah. Great. It's got some Lawrence of Arabia parallels going on. Overthrowing colonial yada yada blah blah. Lots of sand. Yeah. Lots of sand. It's got that. Pretty going. much any movie of sand is gonna have Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, pretty motifs. Much. What's well, also a crossover with episode two, I think Justin was saying it's got a thematic bridge with <laughs> the sand. Yeah. The sand gets the sand that recurring yeah. symbol of sand. The sand. Sand. It's got a little bit of dune in there too. The sand must yeah. flow. Well, if that's what if that's what you take out of it, though, then the, you know, sand could be a symbol of ignorance because you know, ignorant people live in sand villages, right? And wow, Clark <laughs> oh, was calling me racist. I am passing that torch onto you. I'm just telling you what the movies. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> I'm just telling you what's straight up said in New Hope that sand people are fucking cowards who can't shoot straight. 
That must have been. That must have been on the uh, well, they're not original like a human cut, race, right? I, I mean, jumping series don't. No, that's what Ben Kenobi says. They don't. The, the they don't shoot straight, and they're easily scared off, and they're easily tricked by his like. Oh Whoop. yeah, your your embellishments on on his language use though kind of took me for a second. I was like, I don't think they, I don't think Ben Kenobi. Well, and he says the, <laughs> no, he says these blaster bolts are too precise for sand people. You know, it's only Imperial stormtroopers, which is so ironic because they can't hit they shit. Can't yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the sand people can't hit shit. Uh, really, apparently they. Well, they yeah. try to hit Luke, but he they use a stick. <laughs> yeah, they, he's right. not very good with a stick though. Yeah. Oh, like, oh. Anyway, yeah. Stargate is a good movie. I've always liked it. Definitely get the one with the deleted features added to it. Or yeah, get the director's cut. Definitely yeah, the one with get the, the child sex scene. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the Kurt Russell little boy child sex scene. Can't recommend it enough. <laughs> you know, I thought for a moment there we were gonna just gloss over that, but nope, brings it right on back. Love Why not? It. No, I'm not. I'm not making fun. I'm just these little kids are giving up ass for cigarettes. It's like prison. <laughs> Look, you must also respect Kurt Russell for being in top shape for this movie he looks like a fucking commando and he even got the guile haircut oh i love the, the guile haircut <laughs> yeah i i i picked up on that too i'm sure that's me. what he said to the person right. who cut his hair make me look like street fighter right they probably had that picture up on the the mirror which brings us to the question of what's next nothing nothing we're gonna, we're gonna end the podcast we haven't even gotten to 100 yet <laughs> Space Jam is next. <laughs> Seems no. like a bad idea, honestly. I mean, yeah, we're no. gonna save Space Jam until Space Jam Two comes out, because then we have to compare the compare and contrast. Oh no, we gotta have something for the hundredth episode, Space Jam. No, okay. I think the hundredth episode might be I think to something. Space Jam Space Two. Will, <laughs> I think Space Jam Two will just it will just be end up being a thorn in LeBron's side, though, just like every other comparison to Michael Jordan that he's had to suffer, you know. It's always going to be Jordan's better. People will never give LeBron any kind no, of standing I, next to him. I mean, granted, nor should he get it. I think. I don't. I don't watch basketball. I don't care about basketball. I, I don't, don't watch it much either. I don't. I'll, I just hate Cleveland. Um, LeBron is our only hope for this state. Okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that. That I can believe. But at least we know one thing: LeBron can never. LeBron can definitely. Oh, uh, outdo Michael on, which is oh. growing a mustache. But also, how are they going to make a Space Jam movie with Looney Tunes characters now? Because does anybody do traditional animation anymore? Don't know. It's going to be. I don't know. Is it going to be a fucking CGI? It's going to be like uh, the Family Guy CGI lazy flash animation stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so what that, it's got to be. I don't know. There's no compositing or rotoscoping required anymore. LeBron just stands in front of a blue screen with people dressed up in green outfits pretending to be Bugs Bunny and shit. I'm yeah. gonna, I would <laughs> rather watch that, to be honest. Kind of like how I have far more enjoyment watching the behind-the-scenes on the new Planet of the Apes movies just to see them all walk around with their little... Or the episode one behind the scenes where the guy who plays Jar Jar Banks has the fucking hat on. <laughs> yeah, so so like, like look up here. Yeah. The Jar Jar ears hat. Yeah. yeah. Or her, let's even go back even further when they redid the special edition for the original Star Wars. They had Jabba the Hutt as a fat guy, and then they had to like figure out some that Irish guy. Yeah, they had to figure out some way of letting Han walk behind him because he has to like walk behind him. That's when they did the whole step on the tail. Okay, I'm a nerd. No, I, know, uh, I know what you're talking about. It just looked awful. No, no, they just used the motion tween, like go up here and then go down here. Yeah, yeah. I, it's literally Harrison Ford just like. 
or just it's just them expanding his character. Well, just like when he Greedo and Han shootout now is like also motion tweened, like oh, just it yeah. looks shitty. Uh, I guess we could complain about Star Wars for a couple hours. That would be we could do that. But seriously though, what's what's the topic you guys have wanted to discuss here? Because I have a couple in mind, but you know I like to take opinions. I don't know. My next, uh, the one I was going to offer up next is far too depressing. I think after this one, but uh, I always want to do children and men, but. I don't think that's sci-fi enough for you guys. I don't think that. I think that falls beneath the line. It's it's dystopian. Yeah, it's not really. See, yeah, I don't know how that falls in your guys' spectrum. See, to me, it does, but but I, what what's your idea, Clark? I've already I've already given an option. Stargate was my choice. I shouldn't have two choices in a row. Don't make me no, greedy. You shouldn't. I've have been giving choices. options for months. So the same option. Give me one. <laughs> What's what's the option you like to give, Justin? What? No, I mean I just throwing <laughs> other things out lately. I mean I threw out other things you actually reviewed already. So that's what I was saying. Like, hey Matt, like you, you should have some ideas. Don't be greedy. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Though. I'm wondering what you guys' opinions are on discussing an anime series. Gundam Wing. On the I, anime. Huh? Depends on the anime. Yeah. And a series is like. Well, I was thinking about discussing Psychopaths. Psychopaths? Because I was thinking about the idea. No, anime. Gundam. Gundam. Well, we're, or first season? Yeah. There's two seasons. Okay. Just the first season. Uh, is it 24 or 12? It's 12. 12? I think so. It's not too bad. They're like 20 minutes a piece. Where does one procure uh, this? <laughs> iTunes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Gundam Wing then? <laughs> Actually, Psychopaths is actually like kind of a cool sci-fi concept. It's a little bit like anime version of Born, but of a Born, Born identity. Oh, Born. Okay. Oh wait, no wait. Born. Minority Report. Minority Report. That's the one. Minority I'm Report. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Pre crime and all that. Uh, I'm over to talking about Gundam Wing, but is we're we just gonna stick to Gundam Wing because there's like fifty thousand Gundam, Gundam series. Wang. Okay. Well, Gundam Wing. If, if we're gonna talk about Gundam, like in the future. I would prefer Gundam Wing just because I think it's probably the best one. Okay. I mean, that's the only one I've really watched all of it closely. I mean, there's really good... I, I don't... We can talk about the original Mobile Suit Gundam, but it's like... I mean, the I only know. downside I'll say about <laughs> anime series... It has not aged well. It is more of a commitment than just like, you know, an hour and a half, two hour movie. So it's like... I was wondering, if it's 24 episodes, it's like, shit sit down and actually like start this shit on like Monday <laughs> but if start watching it if like all of us I, I mean Justin you've always been more into anime than I've really fallen off the wagon in a good way I, I guess. mean in the past <laughs> I mean in yeah. the past like you seem to have gone down like a couple levels from where the rest of us were because I think most of us if I can speak for you guys was like Toonami that was like yeah, our right. exposure to anime or I mean, you're maybe a little more too. I'm, I'm yeah, but I don't like to ignore. But yeah, I I mean, my first anime series was like I was really big into Astro Boy and all that stuff, and I was because I went from the manga. See, I went from manga into anime. I didn't watch a lot of Toonami. I I watched it in hindsight, you know. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I've seen maybe three episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> That's fine. Wow. Like to me, to me, I I've always been more of a manga fan than an anime fan. 
Yeah. This is well, aren't single. you so special? Jesus. I, yeah. Well, on that well note, I can just though. speak for myself saying that my <laughs> exposure to anime was basically Toonami, and I only really went that deep with what they showed. I didn't go much further so, than that. Are you openly admitting, because I'll, I'll, I'll admit it to it, do you like Sailor Moon? I've seen it. Uh, I, I think it has merit. I didn't really ever connect with it that much. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I thought Back that. when I was really into anime, I went to a panel on Shiny Sailor Moon, which is a live action Sailor Moon, and they were like, oh, yeah. Really, See, just people over the top, just costumes and general. Like, oh, my God, this is. I, awesome. You know, I watched the whole time they ran it. I mean, I, I probably saw every episode just looking back, watching it at random times, but. I don't know. I could never really get into it that much. I was always more like the the stuff that they typically geared towards males. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember I watched it and I didn't really think too much of it. I liked it. I thought it was good afternoon TV watching. You know, they didn't really put much behind it. And then one, like, right around that time that those shows were out, uh, I remember going to L.A. on a family trip and seeing some overweight Harry guy dressed as Sailor Moon, stay on the side of the street. And, and you didn't just, want to watch it anymore? I didn't want to watch it okay. anymore. <laughs> That's fair. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it was traumatizing. I was just saying, if we talk about Gundam... Oh, Gundam probably I makes love. sense to do Gundam Wing since that's kind of like the seminal one that everybody in the West here has definitely seen and was that's probably the first Gundam thing everybody was exposed but, to. Has everybody seen Gundam Wing before we... Yeah. Years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Actually, how much, you showed it to me the first time. How much rewatched? <laughs> really? Yeah, back in like middle school. I honestly don't remember yeah. the main characters' names outside of like there was like a Xenos dude or something. With the oh, I don't know any of the characters. I... I like, Honestly, I yeah, seriously no. don't remember. Let me test my memory. Um, or, you know, we can do the psychopath thing because I will totally... It's 22 episodes. And it's, it's All right. How many, how many episodes? How long are they? Uh, probably around 20 minutes a piece. All right. Yeah, let's do that then. I'll watch it. Uh, Ketra, Troa, um, Hero. Duo. Duo the, and Wufei. Wufei right? and then Zex Marquis is the guy with the helmet. And, and the Nazi guy. Trey's Kushinata. <laughs> Duke, Duke Dermail, who's the rich guy financing all of them. And uh, what's that? The guy who has a spaceship who's like, where's the Hawaiian shirt? He's at the fucking hippie. Um, it's, it's not Wally. Something else. H- Howard. 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 <laughs> anyway. Howard. Psycho Passu, Animu. I mean, I, I watched it back when it came out. Just decide off camera or what. Fucking mic. watch it again, Justin. Yeah, just it'll be a.